Okay, so um, this week is a Hot or Not week. Uh, you guys can check out our previous Hot or Nots up on our website, musicboys.biz. And especially this week, um, we will have the playlist posted in the show notes for you all to listen <laughs> along. You can listen on before in the, on the website. So pause now. If you, if you haven't listened to it, go listen and then come back. Give it a spin. All right. Now we can start. Properly. Sweet. So assuming that you're back, uh, some context behind the playlist. <laughs> so uh, this is Akshay. I have been helping curate the Hot or Not playlist since the uh, inception of Hot or Not. And what I do every month is take people's takes on the hottest or notest new music that came out in the last month and compile them into a 10 song playlist that tries to balance both songs that are exciting and familiar and also potentially foreign uh, and interesting. And so I, I bring them all together. I try to balance kind of gender and uh, kind of like sexual identity as well as just like artist style and, and you know, like life story. I think it's nice to try bringing in all sorts of stuff that we may not have listened to otherwise. So these posts tend to be pretty diverse, but I think that's also tailored to who my friends are and what the kind of stuff they listen to. So uh, I, I think I generally hope that it goes over pretty well each week, uh, each month. And I'm excited to hear what people have thought about it. I think it goes over well. It goes over well. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's get things started then. So the first track on this month's playlist is Madre Viola, which is from Arca, who is a Venezuelan-American uh, singer, songwriter, experimental electronic producer. She uh, has worked with literally everyone under the sun at this point, Kanye, Bjork, Lots of people. And so Madre Violo is off of a new single uh, from Arca, and I thought this was an interesting track off that EP slash single. And uh, what do y'all think? I really liked it. Um, I thought it was pretty engaging. Uh, my The only real negative I had was I thought that it dragged on a little bit too long. Mm. Um, I felt like some of the themes were kind of like fully developed and explored by the by the end of the track by like a, a few a minute or two before the end of the track and I was kind of waiting to see if there was anything else. Yeah, you um, know, I I I agree with that and I did not like this song. Um I right, thought that that I have not I've not I don't know. I'm not like a huge I'm not huge into Arca. Um, as like as like casual listening, I appreciate what they bring to the table in so much as like changing how I see music, and I think that that's like it's it's like important music, maybe, and I think that it's it's good to. I'm glad that I listened to it, but <laughs> I did not really enjoy it that much. I it just it felt slow. It wasn't very interesting to me. 
I don't speak Spanish. So that's probably also on me. Um, but that's really just kind of how I felt. And I wanted to, I wanted to like it, but it just didn't, it didn't like grip me very much. And I guess I, I have trouble with, with, with music in that kind of, that, that sphere, I guess, which would be what, like experimental electronic music. Yeah. I think that y'all, y'all really enjoy that a lot more than I do. Um, and I like how it's like, it's like bending different genres and stuff like that. Um, it's just like maybe also i think this is also this is part of something that i believe that i talked about before where my engagement with different types of music has changed probably over the course of the pandemic but recently as well where i haven't been devoting as much time to trying to like expand my taste I listen to a lot of mu lot more music in the background and I listen to a lot of music that is like familiar to me now, I think. But I think that that's why I like hot or not, because it, it lets me see these different, different parts of the musical world. Yeah, I'm actually with Connor on this one in, in terms of just like general vibe. I, my difference here is that I, I really love a lot of what Arca does. Her self-entitled album is something that I would probably recommend like anyone who wants to just hear what a really masterful pop album uh, should sound like. I think Arca, that album is amazing. And I would describe it as pop music because of the way that like Arca approached experimental music. But I just wasn't super stoked about this track because... It, it didn't get enough form for me to give me something to hold on to, I think was what, what I was lacking on. I think the strings were really nice. Arca obviously has been really working on her voice and it, and it sounds great, uh, but it, it just, it didn't come together to, to travel anywhere. And I think that maybe is something what Noah was bringing up earlier is that like, it sets the scene, but then like doesn't climax in a way that I would be really pumped about or doesn't like build. So uh, I, I, would, I would say that this is not my favorite Arca track, but I wanted everyone to hear it because, as Connor says, she makes awesome stuff and maybe is more controversial than the average artist we put on this because she is always trying to press boundaries and do new things. So, yeah. Let's uh, wrap it up hot or not. Cool. Well, I, I want to hear it for y'all. I would keep say it a knot. All right. All right. Collective but, knot. But Santi said super hot. Oh. Santi gave yeah. it super hot. Santi's not here today, but he did send in his ratings. So I think that'll be something fun for you to puzzle over, maybe even dig into. <laughs> <laughs> for, those, for those fans of the show who know him. <laughs> Get his take. Cool. All right, down to the next one. Yeah, let's do it. All right, track X, track X by uh, Black Country. What is it? Black Country No Road. New Road. New Road. New Road. Black Country New Road. What'd y'all think? Well, you know, I... it appears that they're it appears they're all white. 
which I, which I was I was surprised by. I don't know. I feel, I feel like this is like a classic indie indie music indie band conundrum, where it's like <laughs> there is like every every permutation of the word black with like something else, <laughs> and like a lot of the time they're white, like black kids, black keys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Con, do you think that's an issue? Like can you can you as an indie band just not do that? No, I don't think it's an issue. And there there are I think but it's just like I just thought it was funny. Cause like I saw yeah. the I saw the name I saw the name of the band and I was like, hmm. I wonder what this is about. Like black country. Mm-hmm. That sounds that sounds cool. Like maybe they're like making a statement with their name, but alas, it was just a Wikipedia random generator. Yeah. Um so you know it is what it is points uh, off for that well yeah maybe i just thought i thought it wasn't super interesting either i would i'm gonna give it a not um where it 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 seemed kind of like i don't know i guess it was it was whatever it's supposed to be called here is like post-punk maybe but it it didn't feel like it had enough form for me, maybe. And it didn't, it I, didn't. I felt like it. I felt like it was in the middle of like form and not having enough. Like it 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 didn't. It, I didn't quite get what they were doing with that song. I know. On the other hand, was enthralled. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I was very engaged in the song. It reminded me of a lot of the kind of like weirder music I've listened to over the years um, that like mm-hmm. sounds similar to this, like uh, Owen Pallet and um, oh that other band. I'll look them up super fast. Definitely does talk. remind me of Owen Pallet, and I know because you you recommended Owen Pallet to me. Yeah, Owen Pallet and San Furman. It reminds me of Owen Pallet because it was very weird. Like it had that same weird kind of like very personal and somewhat sexual tone to it. And then mm-hmm. remind me of San Fermin because it had such like an orchestral full band sound without being very like, you know, like it, I feel like it can be hard to pull in a bunch of strings and, and uh, brass instruments without sounding like a, of Monsters of Men or like the Lumineers mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, and I think that I like that sound a lot. Um, and yeah, I, I I all around really liked it. I thought it was a cool song. I'm uh, I'm with Noah on this one. I, okay. I I love this track. I I found Black Country New Road because they've been very buzzy in the online indie music review circles and gave their new album a listen. I enjoyed it. For the first time is the album name for listeners of the show give check it out but this song existed in contrast to a lot of the other songs on the album that were much more traditional post-punk which had kind of more driving chords and monotonous lyrics and then kind of like brassy outbursts of like angst and i thought this track reflected like another side of being like a young adult slash teenager that gets reflected in post-punk, which is mm. kind of more like melancholy, but perhaps a bit 
like romantically engaged or as, as you said, no, they're like vague sexual vibes. I just think I thought it carried all of those things super well. And it like brought a certain feeling uh, to growing up that just felt right and has been very listenable for me. I've had it on repeat since I made this playlist and, <laughs> and then, and, and like it a lot. So this one for me was, was hot for sure. And I, uh, yeah, and I'm wondering what Sansi said. What you say? Super hot, perhaps. Yeah, it's super hot for me. Sansi said hot, so uh, I think he's uh, in the in the same boat, uh, perhaps enjoying it. Uh, great, Connor. How you feeling now that we've uh, formally smacked you down? Oh, I don't care. I mean, I thought the lyrics were fine. I just, I, I, I stand by what I thought. Where it's like, I just feel like everything that you're saying. I I I I agree with the sentiment, but I do think that it it just didn't go. It wasn't it wasn't as it didn't come together in my in my head, as well. Totally valid. <laughs> All right, Connor, do you want to introduce us to this next track? <laughs> I'm sure. So next two, the next two were my suggestions. I think actually was already gonna put Arlo Parks on here. Um, so, uh. Let's see. Arlo Parks is a um, singer-songwriter. Um, it's it's kind of like sad indie pop. I would I would describe it as. Um, and they'd had a few singles over the past two three years that are really good. Cola is a great song, um, and. Eugene is also really good. It was featured in the um, in the TV show "I May Destroy You." Ooh! So that's where I picked up um, a couple different Arlo Park songs, and I kind of looked through and saw and saw a bunch of different ones. Black Dog as well. So there's been there's been they've been around, um, and "Collapsed in Sunbeams" is the the debut. Arlo Park's full record and it came out last month uh, the very end of January and I really like it as an album I really like it as a project I think this song specifically is one of my favorites on the on the album I give it a hot uh, I also really like For Violet and Eugene are, are, are two of my other real favorites on the on the album Yeah, okay. I I was a uh, recommended this album actually by Akshay and Connor uh, in the uh, aftermath of a previous recording session, uh, and I very much enjoyed it at the time. I I think it's a great album. I think this song is great. Uh, I second all of the songs that Connor said were great. Uh, yeah, I think Eugene's such a good song i love songs that capture like a very specific emotion i feel like that one really does Mm -hmm. and then i feel like the whole album kind of followed that lead uh and yeah i mean i i think it's definitely a hot for me i really like the whole album i'd say the whole album's a hot yeah same here big arlo parks fan it's just it's it for me is comforting music i think Arlo Parks 
as friends and and arlo parks herself has probably gone through a lot because just the way that you know arlo parks approaches you know caring for and talking about friends who are going through hard stuff is something that means a lot to me it's something that i really listening to i uh like her words echo in my head often um and i try to remind myself to keep that mindset especially when look grim um so yeah i i I like I, I look I like it a lot and uh, it, it it has emotional value to me beyond just an album so it's worth checking out. That's if so you sweet. Have, yeah. Yeah, I think that I I my immediate emotional connection was um, was to the show because I thought it I thought mm. it was really good like TV show music and I was like wow I wonder who this artist is. Um, and so I feel like that's kind of like a shortcut too for me, where it's like if I'm feeling emotions from a show, I can also feel emotions for the song, and then I can I can look through that whole milieu. But I think that the the project has a lot of different the whole the project as a whole folk tackles a lot of different subject matter, and I think that's really cool. And I agree with what you're mm-hmm. saying about like friendship. So we'll give it a hot. All of us giving it. Yeah. A hot. Um, Do you recommend uh, I May Destroy You? Huh. Do you recommend uh, I May Destroy You? Uh, yes, I would recommend it um, with a caveat. So, you know, you know how when we were talking about, we, as a group, we read, we read that book of short stories. Um, yeah. What was it called? Tales from, Tales from Another World? Yeah. Yeah. I forget the exact title. Homesick. Homesick for Another World. Um, so with that, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's kind of abrasive and jarring, but it's processing complex feelings in an interesting and new way. And I think that I May Destroy You is, at its core, it's about sexual assault and trauma. And so there's a lot, it can, it can be really difficult for survivors of that. Um, and I would not recommend it to, to anyone without, without that kind of like hefty trigger warning. Mm-hmm. But I, it, it deals with modern sexuality and, and modern relationships and dating in a way that I've never seen a show do before. And there are moments of humor and it's, it, there are moments of like intense emotion and sadness and anger and I think that that is really rare for a TV show, um, and it's worth it's worth an investigation. Sweet, that sounds uh, like a very fair and uh, interesting wreck. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm down to check it out, uh, but I also appreciate the the uh, you know accompanying warning uh, and uh, response. Yeah, it's uh, just like it's no- heavy. <laughs> Yeah. Noah, do you want to introduce the next one? I think uh, you have been following or know of Claude, so uh, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know Claude too well, um, although I do follow them on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Claude, Claude, I feel like, is similar to me, uh, has a similar description to me to uh, Arlo Parks for Akshay. Kind of captures a certain emotional uh a moment in time, right? It's very empathetic music uh, that I think makes it really easy to 
kind of get attached to a song and listen to it like five dozen times and then at that point it's like mm-hmm. in your head forever um and i think they've had a a, a kind of strong number of songs like I, they, they'd come up every once in a while on somebody else's playlist or like on a spotify recommendation and it took me a while to put together that i was listening to the same artist but uh <laughs> yeah it's it's a i i think that i've had a lot of enjoyment listening to their songs and and this one was no different uh, I didn't have the same kind of like attachment that I've had to other songs, uh, but I still really liked it. And I thought that it was a great showing kind of like a, a progression for them as an artist. And yeah, I mean, it uh, it's a, it was a great reminder for me to add, add their uh, latest release to my to listen list. Mm. I, I am a, uh number one bedroom pop spotify playlist fan i love me some bedroom pop and this is some this is some really really good bedroom pop i think that often a lot of people their beef with pop is that it's like which i think that you could call this is like sometimes it's not as deep um especially with with, with regards to like the lyrics and the musicianship as some other genres um most other genres but i think that the lack of depth allows it to to be kind of like a good a a raw exploration of some pretty like universal emotional experiences i really like this song in particular um because i do think that it I, i i think that it's just it's it's not it's not like I'm I'm learning too much new about myself, but I feel like I can create an emotional connection and it makes me it it, it it's a relaxing kind of musically. Um and I I just really enjoy it. I think it's I think it's just it's just it's not too hard to listen to. I don't have to think too hard and I can get I can get a lot out of it. Hot. Same boat as y'all. I liked it. I don't have much more to say, to be honest. I think it Connor Connor summed it up pretty well. Claude's good and makes great music uh, for a certain vibe. And especially during the pandemic, when you're just chilling and it's raining, uh, or you just need to kick back, put on some Claude. You're for it. Ah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So- I want to give a I want to give a rationale for why I put this next song on the playlist because Cassanti was was up in arms about it, and so I why? think they're uh, well because he was he was so Santi so the next song is Love Story Story oh. open parentheses Taylor's version close parentheses by Taylor Swift. And so Santi said he he didn't know why this song was on the playlist, and, and so I He's wanted to clarify. Yeah, because I want I want to say there is some backstory to this, and and I tried to convey that there is some backstory. I actually sent the original version of Love Story to the group chat as well, so that all the people in the pod knew that that's a reference point for this. Which is that uh, Taylor Swift is in an ongoing uh, dispute over the uh, conservation and ownership of uh, her music. So she signed away the the like the oh man, I don't know the legal terms for this well enough. Connor, do you? Uh, no, I just know that she didn't. She doesn't have the right to her music, to her own music. Yeah, um, rights to her music. There you go. Yeah. 
I don't, she doesn't I don't own the recordings. She doesn't own like yeah. the, the 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 recordings or the masterings, but she owns yeah. uh, like publishing rights, which means she's free to re-record the original lyrics and composition, uh, and do with that secondary recording whatever she wants. Nice. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you, Noah. So there we go. So we're now <laughs> at days in Taylor Swift's career where, where she is now re-recording entire albums or parts of albums for the world to consume again. And I thought that this would be a great chance to just talk about what's going on in Taylor's life, the, the current situation with her music, uh, and what it means to be releasing songs totally anew in 2020 that were originally released over a decade ago. Uh, I can just start with my opinion on this one, which is I think it's that's actually really cool. So Meredith, my significant other, is uh, really into a field of law called feminist contract theory, uh, which explores how contracts are used to subjugate uh, women and uh, other like repressed minorities. And so it, it's kind of like broadly a kind of analytical look at the law and the way that the law is used uh, in society. And so some examples of it, for instance, are that, you know, broadly judges who are oftentimes the ones that are supposed to find remedies for contract disputes rule overwhelmingly in the favor of men. And oftentimes in under very similar circumstances rule in the favor of men. So you can actually compare the copyright dispute history of, for hmm. instance, country artists and find that country male artists are more often than women to win their copyright disputes. So that's the, the kind of context that we're in. And so it's awesome to see Taylor fighting this, like, like really vocally within uh, her fan base and, and within her, her uh, within the tools that she has to, to, to pull on to show that this is a problem and show what happens when this is a problem. And, and you know, she is at a powerful enough position where she can actually do this successfully and make a profit off of the enormous time and effort that it takes to literally re-record entire bodies of work. So uh, I'm all for it. I really enjoyed listening to it a second time around, and I've enjoyed the TikToks that have spawned up of people analyzing the the minute differences between this recording and the original one. Uh, and so if you're interested in watching some dissections of it, there are people out there who've done it. They've pointed out the different production, production flares, uh, Taylor layering her own voice rather than like hired backup musicians and things like that, which all kind of give this a flair of Taylor really taking ownership, not only in the legal sense, but also in the artistic sense over the song's creation. That's really yeah. interesting. That, that matches up pretty well with my uh, expectation. I think earlier in my life, I was not the biggest Taylor Swift fan, but I think that a lot of that was like, stupid most of my reasons were dumb uh and having since repented i i really enjoyed her most recent releases and i think that like learning about her struggle with her kind of control over her earlier discography was like infuriating even it's like a not like a, a stan or whatever uh and i think that the fact that she's going out of her way to kind of both reclaim it and bite the people who wronged her is like right up my alley in terms of responses it's like effective and aggressive uh and i think that the re-recorded version is like markedly better while keeping almost all of the same like cheery quality of the original um so i i think that taylor hit this out of the park 
and I'm excited for her to like fight the fight for the artists. <laughs> I agree. I support it. I mean, I have my own opinions about Taylor Swift. I, li- I like Taylor Swift. I listen to both the most recent releases, like right when they came out. Um, I listened to this the night that it came out, like 10 minutes after, um, just because I was awake. But I have, I've been, I've talked to a bunch of like really big Taylor Swift fans. And it's really interesting the relationship that, that her fans have to her music. It's so deep and it's such a different kind of fandom than I think that I have with almost anyone. It's like, I would consider myself a pretty big fan of some artists, but I don't know their birthdays. I don't, I couldn't give you a list of their of like I, I don't have any speculation on if they're getting married or not stuff like that it's like very it's like a very personal connection both to, as a fan and as a listener and i think that changes the way that the that the music itself is often consumed and i think that taylor is is really good at at being in control of that and she's kind of like she's like a master at the top of her game right now um and she's doing interesting things with her different albums even if it's not like something that i would listen to all the time i respect that aspect of it her as as a as a pop star and as a musician and as someone with with so many fans and really trying to use that power to try and to do some do some some interesting and important things like she's getting more politically involved she's trying to get take on scooter um scooter brawn and i think that's good i'll give it a hot no so uh so up next we got goosebumps the remix by hume what'd y'all think why are we still making goosebumps remix in 20 because they're good (laughs) they're fun to listen to connor I I thought that this was a very fun song to listen to. Uh, I also thought that in terms of like remixes of like relatively lyrical rap songs, that this was nice because it kind of got out of the way. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't just like two samples that got repeated and clipped and chopped. Uh, those songs can sound great too, but like at some point that doesn't really feel like a, a remix as much as a, like a sample. This really felt like a, a remix of the original song. I thought that was kind of nice. A little bit more kind of clubby and bumpy. Um, but yeah, I think that's my take. Yeah. I mean, besides it, besides its existence being weird to me, I did like it. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I just put this on the playlist because its existence was weird to me. <laughs> I haven't yeah. with um, also, it's just like, oh man, it it's it it makes me feel embarrassed when I listen to it. I don't know how else <laughs> other that's than so funny. like that. That's how I felt when I heard it because like uh, maybe it's the, it's the fact that I, I I enjoy it. But I don't want to enjoy it, and I want to be cool. <laughs> And I, like, there are very few things that I'm self-conscious about music-wise, but this song made me feel self-conscious, and so I thought I wanted to put it on. Uh, 
it, it kind of is the feeling, it's the feeling of being at a club with your friends and knowing that it is probably too extravagant for you really to be like enjoying it properly. Uh, like it's too much. Uh, it's over the top. Everyone's trashed. It's, it's, the night has gone on too, too big. It's gotten too big for its boots. Uh, and you're, you're supposed to still enjoy it, even though this creeping feeling of guilt perhaps is, is, is setting it. So that's how I feel when I hear Goosebumps, the Hume remix. Interesting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say not just just cause. yeah. I don't think it crosses over to hot because it doesn't feel like it has the same merit as some of the other hot songs. So I'll agree yeah. with you on not, but fun nonetheless. Connor, what do you say, hot or not? I'll give it hot. All right. Oh. I I do I do empathize with you feeling embarrassed. Yeah, <laughs> but you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, Travis Scott is good. Clubs are cool. <laughs> Speaking of clubs, we have Bicep up next. Quick background: Bicep is like a world-trotting club uh, house music duo. They they're really well known for for just making anthem anthemic late night European jams. Is kind of the vibe. You get to a club at like two, and it's Anthemic. like a relic. Yeah, no, it's a relatively cool club, and and you and they're not going to play pop music. So what else are they going to play? Well, they're going to play house, and they need house that everyone can like really get onto. And I think Bicep has been that for a, a number of clubs around the world. So that's interesting. That's 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 the context. But I'm curious for for people who aren't super into dance, Noah and Connor, how, what you think? I liked some of the themes. I felt like it almost got me to like dance as I listened to it, like do a little <laughs> jig, but it wasn't quite engaging enough. I think that I'm just a little bit, I am not plugged in enough or not European enough to enjoy this type of dance music. I need something that's a little bit more driving, I think. A little bit less ambient. Uh, and so I think it was a bit of a miss for me, honestly. I I agree with Noah pretty much entirely. I didn't have very strong feelings about any of the last few songs, though, honestly. Um, I wasn't, like, repulsed, and I wasn't like, wow, I love this. It's just kind of, like, comfortably in the middle. It's nice. Yeah. It's music. It's good music. It was fine. But, yeah. I thought Alice was decent. Plastic has better songs. Uh, mm -hmm. I've, the, I, I'm much more familiar with Bicep than uh, than either of you. I'm like I've I've mixed their stuff in, in, in sets before, you know, like that. Like, you know, <laughs> like I, I know them pretty well. Uh, yeah. And and Alice, Alice is fine. Um, I, I actually kind of feel relatively similar to y'all, where it's like, yeah, it's good, but I don't know if I'd actually put this on for other people. Um, I feel like this song and many of the other songs in the rec their re most recent album were like cool electronic music to throw on in the background but not enough to really like get me uh which i think may have been a disappointment for a number of fans who were expecting something that would really you know take their mdma high to the next level or or whatever however people consume 
bicep. All right. Pick up your feelings, Jasmine. Um, I thought this song was also all right. It it didn't it didn't sound like a 2021 song to me though. I don't really know how to describe that that much further. <laughs> what did that feel like? Well, I, I'm curious. That's that's interesting. I don't know. I mean, we have only had a few months so far. I don't really know what 2021 is going to sound like, but. Hmm. It seemed like that's something I would have heard a few years ago. Hmm. Is that a diss? Yeah. No. Not at all. I like music from a few years ago. I, I feel kind of similarly. I thought it was well executed, and I thought the the vocal performance was awesome. But I didn't feel kind of captured by it. Uh, like, Which I... I I would feel comfortable attributing to the kind of fact they didn't feel like particularly novel. Like, I thought it was like good, well executed, but you know, I, I, it didn't it didn't hit anything new for me or scratch any itch I had. Yeah, I'll say this was the kind of song that made me want to listen to the rest of the album, but didn't necessarily make me fall in love with the song itself. I was like, ah. Jasmine Sullivan may have some cool stuff going on. Let me check out the album, which yeah. I haven't done. So, you know, <laughs> take that as you will. But Jasmine Sullivan's Hotels came out earlier this year, spelled H-E-A-U-X. Nice, nice spelling of ho. Like Louisiana? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Is that is that what it is? Well, it just seems like kind of a Creole or Cajun yeah. kind of. Cajun vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pretty decent. I would give it a hot just because I, I actually I enjoyed listening to it, but and I, and I don't feel negatively enough about to give it a not. But I agree with you all that I think it's maybe more in the neutral range. Here. Yeah, I'll give it a hot as well. Yeah, but again, yeah. less feelings. Noah, uh, probably lands in the not, but a very, a very neutral knot okay. soft knot a nothing personal knot. knot yeah <laughs> all right so the next one is slow tie uh mazza by slow tie i put slow tie on this playlist because slow tie released the album people love slow tie everyone on this on the music socials is talking about slow tie i was like we gotta put some slow tie on this uh i'm curious have you all ever listened to slow tie is, is anyone here more knowledgeable about him than me or how, did you listen to him and enjoy it? I'm curious. No, dude, but I know that everyone is talking about slow tie. Yeah, same. And I have never, I've never been like gripped to look him up. Same. <laughs> and I was, I, I was excited that it showed up on this hard knock playlist because I was like, oh, very low activation energy way to listen to slow tie for the first time. Exactly. And I was, I was Google. not taken by it i thought it was for all of the stuff i've seen for how much noise it's made i thought it was kind of whatever asap rocky's on the track i feel like it's i have a hard time listening to songs that asap rocky asap rocky's involved with and 
finding them like whatever. I usually find them either like enjoyable or off-putting. <laughs> so I was kind of amazed by how meh I felt about this. He's just so hyped up. People, I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now. People say that he has raw, politically charged lyrics, especially around Brexit and Theresa May's tenure as a British PM. So, okay, maybe I'm just too disconnected from that. Like, yeah, I was about the to say hype maybe. around UK politics. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say maybe that's the problem. Maybe we're all just like I'm not here, like slamming Theresa, and I'm just like <laughs> missing it. I'm like, what's he talking about? what's he on about I, I thought the production wasn't crazy either so I like maybe maybe if I focused more on the lyrics I would have gotten more out of it but yeah I guess I'm also coming I'm like I I felt like I, I came away from this like oh that's 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 slow tie like that's yeah. what people have been yeah. like, like talking shit about for so long <laughs> I was like not a diss on him as like an artist I'm, I mean his music wasn't isn't bad it's good music but people like love slow tie, but I I don't know anyone in person who who like really likes slow tie. <laughs> All right, so I don't know I, what I, that this, says either. This one I want the listeners to listen to, y'all. If you're listening to the show, check out slow tie and let us know what you think. We think slow tie solidly overrated. Yeah. On first on first glance. Yeah. If you don't go listen to it, we won't blame you. <laughs> that's how, but that's if, how you're, if you're mad if you're mad about it i also wouldn't blame you if you're mad about us yeah. tweet at us uh respond in the oh, comments we should get a twitter oh music boys <laughs> anyway i'm, right, last I'm track. excited about this last song yeah this is this is peace sign exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark uh continuing by the band Black Dresses. Noah, tell us why you're excited about it. Uh, this was this was a crazy track. Uh, I When I first started listening to it, I was ready to hate it. And I feel like that like opened the door for them to kind of completely bamboozle me. I think <laughs> I came away from this wishing it was like a longer track, wishing I could listen to more of it. Uh, I thought that it was a little bit on the goofy side uh, for like something that has kind of serious tones, but I can appreciate being goofy in the face of like darkness. So I don't, I don't think I would hold that against it. But I, I just thought it was a, a crazy song. Definitely like up on, I got to pull it up field, on Bandcamp. Left right, field compared to uh the other tracks in the list. I was excited yeah, that you included it too. Yeah, I'll try to do a little bit more of that. Maybe maybe I played a little too straight and narrow with some of these song selections. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, while Connor listens to this, I'll just I'll talk briefly uh, about wh- why I like it. I think Noah hit the nail on the head with this idea of it being kind of goofy in the face of serious issues. I think that the lyrics also allude to that. Like they 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 literally talk about like, can you make good art in the face of no hope? I think that that's like a line. And and I think they there's maybe some some nihilism, some existentialism about it, which is that like you know, and you, you, it may not even be worth it, or like why why even try if if there is no hope? 
and and they they still do it and they have fun with it right like i think that maybe is the kind of the response which is that like you just acknowledge it and then you do the best you can and enjoy it while you can maybe uh but that's one read on it and and yeah it it is an insane track it fluctuates between like like what i would describe as beautiful soaring choruses like they just nail those i think it's like shoegazy like oh so awesome and then obviously you know the they're they're kind of like screamo or like like weird it's kind real of, noisy yeah yeah and so it it was fun i heard it and i was like damn this really needs to be on the playlist and i'm happy i put it on and i would say personally uh, now that we're kind of reaching the end between track x and uh and peace sign those are my two hottest tracks for sure and yeah. uh, I, I came away from this playlist with both of them as like solidly stuck in my head and things I'm returning to um, too frequently. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I'd have to give the edge to track X just because I don't know who I could listen to peace sign with. Like I'm not throwing this track on when I'm hanging out with yeah. friends. It, okay, I, really I wish it. I could because I, I think that'd I be finished. sick, but Oh Connor, what do you yep. think? You could, you could put it on. You could put it on with me. I'd listen to. I'd listen to it with you. Yes. Um, I liked it. I liked it way more than I thought I would. I'm not sure that it would. I'm not sure how like rewarding it'll be on on multiple listens. But I really liked how noisy it was. And it's not like a lot of no, a lot of really noisy stuff that I have heard. I haven't really liked that much. I wouldn't call myself like a noise guy. But this was kind of this felt more on the line on the, like the spectrum of hyper pop than it is like even though I know that that's not that's not what it is. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. <laughs> um, I know it's like closer to like industrial and like even like notes of like screamo, right? But I thought that it was it was listenable. It was very listenable for what it was at the end of the day, which is not what I expected. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. So shouts out. Yeah, shouts out to Black Dresses. They're Definitely actually, hot. Yeah, it's super hot for me. They broke super up. Hot. They they broke up last year in the face of like online hate. Yeah, they're two trans artists and we're having a hard time uh, on, on the interweb, which can be a pretty tough place. And so the fact that they're still releasing music after having a lot of that this is actually a new album for them like post breakup which is exciting so they got back together yeah they they i they said they haven't made any firm promises on releasing more music but they just said that they were oh. going to release it because they wanted to um oh, and so I'm, okay so so they broke up and they're they're releasing albums they're still releasing music yeah and okay. so I, I just hope that they keep bringing cool music in the world i, I think it's cool i listen to some of the rest of the album I don't think that any of the songs hit the heights that Peace Sign does for me, but there are plenty of other good songs with kind of like a similar cool. funky, kind of fun, kind of weird attitude. And I am looking forward to uh, supporting them as much as I can. They're cool artists and they they, they impress me a lot. So uh, that was it. Uh, 10 tracks, 10 takes. Uh, hottest from both of y'all, and then we can wrap it up. I think I'd give um, Hottest to track X. Okay, I would give I would give hottest to too good, mm. and I'll I'll give my hottest to peace sign. I'll encourage all the okay. listeners. I think they'll 
they'll find it interesting, if not also just great. So, so Santi, just to give Santi's take on this one, Santi really loved, uh, what else? Oh, Madre Viola. That was probably his hottest, I think. He described it as super hot. And, and Atlas. He also Atlas. Ooh, exciting. We'll, we'll have to get Santi's take on Atlas because not we, we, we weren't in love with it. So, great. Thanks, y'all. Cool. Bye, listeners.